Well, we want to welcome you to the Reformed Informants. This is a podcast devoted to biblical exposition, systematic theology, and practical application for the good of the church. I'm Lance Burroughs, along with TJ Darty, and we are the Reformed Informants. Man, I, I was just thinking, it's not as crowded in here. Yeah, as it has been it's the true. last couple weeks, I think true. at least the last couple recording sessions that we've had, we've, we've brought in some guest speakers. Um, yeah, even if they're not released in that yeah. order, we've had some guys that have, we've brought in in anticipation of certain topics, and so we've. You're right; it's it's kind of nice. We're Jam packed. Back back to the old ways. There's two of us in here. Roz sitting underneath our feet. Yeah. Uh, the dog, and so we're <laughs> we're yeah. Back to I've got I'm getting spoiled again all over having all the space. Yeah. It's real nice. Um. Man, those guys were good, by the way. Gosh, they're so good. Yeah, so yep. I don't think we've released those episodes or will release those episodes yet, right? Uh, at this recording, Josh will have already helped us at through one, yeah. one of the episodes, and then we'll have uh, an episode upcoming with Jared Helms, another one with Josh, and then we've got some several other guests that we've yeah. lined up to bring in. Real excited about that. Just guys that help us think through theology help us um open the word of god guys who are listening to us and passionate about this same stuff and um guys that are trying to take our jobs <laughs> right yeah well <laughs> yeah. always auditioning right like yeah. i just keep thinking every time you bring somebody in like you you asked me if i would be interested in doing this and i thought is this not a, i didn't sign anything this is a trial run i'm just wondering if i'm having a an episode with one of my future replacements yeah. <laughs> that's that's what i always think of but, oh man um, all well, right well let's let's talk um, let's talk. What are, what are we chatting about for this particular episode? This is this is an important episode. This is a, a yeah. weighty, um, deep episode, but it's an incredibly rich episode. What what are we chatting about? Well, this is part five of our theology proper series. We're going to conclude that series with with this episode. Of course, there are many things that we did not say that we will revisit. Mm-hmm. Right. And we plan to do that in the future. But we're going to finish the Theology Proper series uh, by looking at the work of God, mm-hmm. Okay, specifically divine decrees. Gosh. We have bit off yeah. a lot here. Yeah. Hopefully not more than we can, no, we can chew. I, don't I think, think, I don't I think, think, think so. we're going to handle it well. Right. I think we'll be fine. So we talk about this issue of divine decrees, but before we address that, Lance, can you kind of run us through, you mentioned this is episode five. I know we just did a 4.5 where we walked through Genesis chapter one, but where have we been in this theology proper series and how did we get here? Um, because again, yeah. when we build systematic theology, these are not like my encouragement for if somebody's listening to this and you haven't listened to the previous episodes, they go together. They go in an order. We have intentionality about kind of the structure and yeah, the order. Especially we put this the little together. series. Right. Like these are individual doctrinal areas. We're dealing right now with theology proper, the the theology related to the Father, right? Or or to the tri- the triune God. Can you walk me through the previous episodes we've talked, we've touched on, and kind of how we've worked our way up to this point? Yeah, we we started with the names of God and the being of God. Uh, we, we we took a look at just a handful of uh, the names of God that are revealed in Scripture, and those names help def- they help define who God is. Mm-hmm. Right? It's important to understand those names because those names give us insight to who God is. 
Um, we also spent some time in the following episode looking at attributes of God. Again, uh, I think we only pinpointed two attributes in detail. Right. Um, and we had a request to go more in depth with each of those attributes. Yeah. And we just we had to move on for the sake yeah. of covering other doctrines, but we will eventually. Yeah, you Lord could do. Willing, we'll an, come back to. Yeah, some of you those. could do an episode per attribute. Oh, easily. Right? Easily. Um, then we uh, we talked about the Trinity. Um, and then we jumped into the work of God and talked about creation, God creating all things, and then providence, God sustaining and working all things that he created. Um, and now we're going to finish up here with uh, divine decrees. Divine decrees. Now, yeah. th- this is going to be intense. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be super helpful, I think, even for my own heart. Mm-hmm. Looking through our little episode guide and our outline here, um, I mean, we have dozens of oh, scripture gosh. references uh, pulled together to help drive drive this point home. Um, so begin before we begin working through uh, different components of divine decrees and looking at what the scripture uh, teaches, uh, why, don't, why don't you kind of break down a definition, okay. um, clarify uh, what we mean when we say the work of God in regards to divine decrees. Okay. Um, yeah, some 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 people, some theologians dislike the terminology of divine decree. Um, and so I'll try to do my best to give a couple of different definitions. I'm going to try to say the we'll same thing. We'll cut you thing. some slack. Yeah, thank you. This is <laughs> it's 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 difficult conceptually at first until you understand kind of the meat and what's what's really driving this, and you go, okay, I understand what this means. So I'm going to try to give multiple definitions, um, trying to say the same thing in different ways. So um, here, here's a working definition that the divine decree is the predetermined plan of God, whereby he accomplishes whatsoever shall come to pass and works his sovereign will in his entire creation, both natural and spiritual. So in other words, this is that God has determined everything that happens and he has controlled everything that comes to pass. So every single um, particle and atom is where it's supposed to be. Every um, development of time happens as it's supposed to be. Every act happens because God has declared it to be so, right? Like I think of... uh, you know, in the episode of The Office when Michael declares bankruptcy, like he comes out and says, I declare bankruptcy. And, I declare bankruptcy. And they said, Michael, you can't just say something. He says, no, but I declared it. Right. You know, like, okay, well, that's a joke. But God declaring something, when he declares or states or decrees or determines or wills, when God makes a statement about what is going to happen, it happens. And so that's our understanding of a divine decree or the divine decree. I love how the uh, the 1689, the Second London Confession, uh, this Baptist Confession of Faith, related to the Westminster, says this, um, chapter 3 on God's decree, From all eternity God decreed everything that occurs without reference to anything outside himself. He did this by the perfectly wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably. That's what it means um, to say that God is has determined everything that shall come to pass. Okay, so how could, would you add to that? Well, Help me understand. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just, I'll just uh, think out loud yeah, here. Yeah, let's talk about it. So God has a 
predetermined plan. Has anything affected that predetermined plan? Are there any outside sources that have weighed in on that predetermined plan? Absolutely not. Okay. This is entirely of God. Okay, so God has a predetermined plan that he has within himself, God, Christ, and the Spirit, mm-hmm. the true line God, whereby he accomplishes that particular plan and he brings to pass everything that is... Um, Basically, that that he has orchestrated, yes. he, he brings it to pass. Yes, um, throughout his entire creation. So you mentioned dust particles, or yeah. so we're, we're talking about every inkling, every tiny, minute detail is part of the predetermined plan of God. Yes, and he brings all of that to pass. He accomplishes yes. everything that he wants to accomplish. This everything that happens is because God wants it to happen. Okay. Okay. So in other words, I would say God is proactively moving the story along. He is not reacting to anything outside of himself and saying, okay, well, because um, Lance has done this or because um, this country has decided this or this person died or whatever, and now I'm going to take all of these choices of men. And No, God is actually everything that happens is because God wants it to happen. Okay. Right? That this is this is the the broad statement and to say that God decreed it, he willed it, he determined it. He um made this to be so because he enacted it in eternity past. Um I think of Ephesians 1:11 is kind of the classic text yeah. that that helps point us in this to this mindset. And again, this is a mindset and we want to we're going to build a biblical case um that hopefully when we put all of these verses together, we stand up on this thing. We go, holy smokes, like the, the Bible has a lot to say about this. And it changes the yeah. way you see all of Scripture, yeah. right? If yeah, you, before you read yeah, Ephesians yeah. 1, I, I just want to add to that, that the Scripture speaks of this clearly, but so often, Yes. right? So. It, it may seem like throughout the episode that we're just piling on scripture references and, and, and verses and reading from multiple texts, but we're doing that uh, to show that this is the overwhelming teaching of the Bible. It's not to bore you right, right. on your drive to work right. or, uh, or wherever you may be listening or watching. It's to present a biblical case that this predetermined plan of God is carried out by mm-hmm. God himself. And, and let me also add this before I touch on this. This is not something that I understood for a long time. I missed this in Scripture, and I think it, it just— when this was brought to my attention and I came to an understanding of what this this thread that you mentioned is all over the Bible, when I, when I connected the dots, the dots were there— I, I sort of understood and I recognized those dots, but I didn't have them connected. And when I, I drew this connecting thread line through Scripture and saw this, Scripture changed, my view of God changed. It, it, it shaped the way that I saw the whole story. Yeah. And that's that's really important. Um, this will open you up to who God is. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, that's, and that's our goal in this. And that's why, so Ephesians 1.11, yeah. this classic text, in, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to, here's the phrase, according to the purpose or the plan or the desire or the will of him, that's God, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, according to his 
predetermined plan, his divinely instituted, divinely determined action. I mean that that is that's good. Powerful. Yeah, that that is powerful. Ephesians one, uh, that would be just that entire chapter would be a good place mm-hmm. uh, to really delve into mm-hmm. um, uh, on your own personal reading time. Right. Yeah. Even more right. than you know. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and we would we talk think, about here. We think about these divine decrees. I I, I want to emphasize. Bef- <clears throat> excuse me. Emphasize before we unpack and try to build the case you know we're stating it up front this is what we believe the bible says and now we're going to show you where we got it um but there's a major emphasis here on this we're, we're building god up right like this is it's a uh, an emphasis on god's sovereignty mm-hmm. it's um this is his plan this is his desire it's his intention his will his purposes right like psalm 115 3 god, our god is in the heavens he does as he pleases uh, Psalm 135, 6, the Lord does whatever pleases him in the heavens and on the earth. Yeah, back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9, he does everything for his good pleasure, mm-hmm. for the kind intention of his will. Mm. Th- this doctrine isn't about man. This doctrine is all about God. Right. right? This, this puts God as the rightful author of the story who is determining Every he's determining the story. He's determining every chapter, every page, every paragraph, every sentence, every word, every letter, every single punctuation mark in the story is God who has determined his um, his story, his creation um, for his good pleasure. Right. This this is what and to say that God has decreed it or has determined it is to say that God started this story with all of this story already written and it is it's not this and we'll talk about what it's not but it's not this just determinism that god has uh rigidly set these things in motion and we're just puppets you know walking through the earth doing as god bids but rather this is god enacting and ensuring that what he has determined and declared will in fact come to pass okay now yeah absolutely we've got a lot Uh, to unpack with that (laughs) i absolutely affirm everything that you just said there um so one of the the misconceptions or the misunderstandings of god's divine decrees that i hear and have heard uh very often frequently and it, it is this okay I'm on board with God predetermining and having a plan and bringing that plan to pass. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that mm-hmm. because God does that based on his foreknowledge of the future. In other words, God makes this predetermined plan happen because he has the power and the capacity to look into the future. And what he sees in the future is now what he decrees to come to pass. Mm. Now that we would argue, and this is tough, but but I, I probably used to hold that position. Yes, yeah. I, I I absolutely yeah. did. But we would argue that is a misrepresentation of the divine decree of God and how He has determined His plan to come to pass. Right. God isn't determining anything, or God isn't reacting rather to anything that He sees in the future. Right. But this plan is contingent on 
what he has divinely orchestrated based on his own will, his own pleasure, his own good purpose, not on anything outside of himself, including his knowledge of the future. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, are we, are we going to let God be God? I think Josh said that when we he were did. recording um, one of the, the episodes last week. Are we going to let God be God? Well, if we if we say that God is he knows what we're going to do, and so he then orchestrates and works with us and makes things. God is reacting. God is God is not God on the throne. He's not the God who sits on his throne and does whatever he pleases. He's not the God who rules over his creation. Rather, he's a God who is uh, responding to these rebellious creatures, and these creatures are calling the shots. Right. Right? And like, like that... That's a misconception. You, you said it. we miss who God is if we don't allow ourselves to see God as the one who is on the throne. Um, so what other alternative is there? So we would say not only is God not reacting, but it's also we would, we would reject the idea that God doesn't know what's going to happen, right? Like there are those who would say, well, now, I, I disagree that God has determined everything that's going to happen. In fact, God doesn't even know right. what's going to happen. What is that called, and why, why would we well, Yeah, it? open theist or open yeah. theism, that, that God, he knows some portions of the future, right? He knows some aspects of the future, but he doesn't know all of them. And in other words, God is seated on his throne, but he's having to react to mm-hmm. all different types of circumstances and situations um, he, he's reacting to mankind. He's reacting to the things of this world. And he, he's basically having to, uh, I, I don't know if they would say it, and you can correct me on this, but he's basically having to rework and orchestrate history mm. uh, based on knowledge that is now coming to him in real time. Um, I, I, I don't think the Scripture teaches that at all. Yeah, we have a hard time seeing that in in the pages of scripture with the, with the omniscience of God, yeah. right? Like with the, like God's knowledge is not limited in any capacity. Uh, it's not even self-limited in any capacity. Yeah. I mean, we have a problem if God's mm-hmm. knowledge is limited. Mm-hmm. Well, That's it's exactly right. Uh, yeah. And so, so we would, we would say then be, based on the divine decree that God determines whatever is going to happen. He's in control of whatever does happen. He knows what's going to happen because he is the one who has initiated it, okay. right? Like he's in control of that. The alternative side, if you say, oh, that just, oh, I don't think I like that picture of God. Well, the alternative is to say that God is not in control, that God doesn't um, have a purpose for whatever happens. He He's reacting. He's either unknowing, he's unconcerned, or he's unpowerful, right? right? Like, well, if God isn't in control, then God is now like us, mm, right? Gosh. And remember the scripture clearly shows God is not being like us. You've mentioned that before. Um, God is not like man. He he is not like us, mm-hmm. right? God, God is in complete control. Um, and and that, that defines his character. Right. That's who he is. Right. So, again, I want us to emphasize this, and, and I don't think it will be um, a question by the end of this, but we are basing these statements on the Word of God, sure. right? I couldn't come up with this. I, I, yeah. I couldn't come up with this on my own. Well, and you, wouldn't, no you way. wouldn't come up with this on your own. I, I certainly am not inclined to believe this. Um, like, this is not the way that my mind thinks because I, I depict, uh, I project 
my humanity onto God whenever I think about him because I need God to reveal himself to me for me to understand how different other he is. Right. Right. So I would not come up with this, uh, and I don't want to, my, my flesh doesn't want to come up with, oh, there's an all-powerful, omnipotent, divine decree that is that has determined, God has determined whatsoever shall come to pass. Yeah, like man, that, I don't like that. Yeah, man in his natural state doesn't want this to be true. My flesh doesn't want God mm-hmm. to be sovereign. Mm-hmm. My flesh doesn't want God to be in control. My flesh actually wants me to be the sovereign, right. for me to be in control, for me to lay out some sort of decree. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. It is not natural for man to affirm this aspect of God. The only reason we would affirm this, the only reason we believe it, as you just previously said, is because this is what the Bible teaches. Right. So we've got to let Scripture speak. We've got to trust the Bible. We want to be consistent in our hermeneutic. Um, We want to um, submit to the Scriptures. And as you just mentioned, we have to fight our flesh. We have to suppress um, our internal selfish uh, desires to be the ones in control, but instead submit to what the Scripture says and be willing to go where the Scripture takes us. Right. Um, no, that, man, that, that is good. We, we have to let God speak in His Word, and we have to fight off any, any amount of feeling and emotion that wants to somehow set this to the side or just table this issue. Right. Let this word speak. Yes. Let God speak and let that frame our mind. As Paul states in Romans 12, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. This is a great test. We've talked mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. tests so far in the podcast. This is another test on where I'm at in my you know, view and understanding of the word of God. And am I, well, am I willing to, to let it teach me? Yeah. That's so good. So, okay, you start us. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna look at this divine decree, and we're gonna try to build a biblical case, um, and to build some of the characteristics. So, what? How do we understand what the Bible says about um, God's decree, God's determination, God's activity in His creation? So, first of all, the decree of God is eternal. It's from eternity. In other words. God is not making this up as he goes. Yeah, why does it have to be eternal? Yeah, because this is predetermined. It is part of God himself, right? Like this is God's will. This is God's desire. And God God does not have a desire that changes, mm. right? He's, he's not... Um, one day he, he wants chocolate ice cream and the next he wants vanilla, right? Like his desires don't change. His will doesn't change. His And, and by the way, if his desire or if his will did change, we would be in trouble, right? We like those, need, we, yeah, we need this doctrine. Of course. We need this doctrine. I mean, the promises of God, God's desire to save a people, what if he changes his mind? What if he no longer desires that? Well, then the gospel does us no good. Right. Right. But but God is not like us. He His desires do not change. So this is eternal. This comes out of God himself. Um, and huh. so we would say this is this plan is not made up along the timeline of of creation right god's not making this up this is from eternity from eternity yeah all right let's let's look at some scriptures here real quick yeah i think the bible does say something about this well isaiah 22 okay uh, verse 11 isaiah speaking he says these words he says he who planned it long ago 
the emphasis there being eternal, the, the ongoing plan. Um, another reference, we've mentioned Ephesians chapter 1. Paul says, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. So this, this plan is put in place before creation even comes into existence. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, what other verses? Well, yeah, to stick with Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, uh, I think in context there it's talking about the church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it says in chapter 3, verse 11, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, an eternal purpose, Gosh. right? Uh, one of my favorites is Revelation chapter 13, that Jesus Christ was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Mm. Yeah. How is that possible? Because the decree was already in place, right? Like this was God's determination. Uh, God has uh, planned all of our days, even before they come to pass. Psalm 139, your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book were written, every one of them, of the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. In other words, before I even walked on the earth, all of my days had been planned by God himself. That's Psalm 139, 16. I did not make that up. That came directly out of the scriptures. Uh, you, you could also look at Acts chapter 15, uh, 2 Timothy 1. This idea is prevalent. It's repeated over and over that God's uh, decree is eternal. Yeah, that, I mean, that fits with his character. He's an eternal yes. God. Yes, right? E- exactly. I mean, he's got no other way to make decrees mm-hmm. except for eternal divine decrees. That's right. He doesn't, he doesn't have the capacity to <laughs> uh, somehow limit a decree or come up with a decree. This is just who he is. Right. It comes out of his, uh, out of his nature. Yeah. Secondly, it's efficacious. In other words... Gorgeous word. Oh, man. Uh, another, what, okay, what do I mean when I say that? That it's efficacious, that that the decree of God can be trusted. Yeah, well, it, it's effective. It will mm-hmm. come to pass. When God decrees something, he doesn't just throw it out there. Right. Right. It's not Michael Scott declaring yeah. bankruptcy, <laughs> yeah. right? He's not just hoping it will come to pass. Mm-hmm. He, he gives the decree with the intent of bringing it to pass. No, que- no question, right? Yeah. No question. Um God's decrees are efficacious. Where, where, yeah, build build a case from Scripture. Where, where are you getting that idea? Well, yeah, we've talked about the Isaiah 40s before. Isaiah 46, verse 10. My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. Mm. Right? Yes. Accomplish. It's going to happen. And not, not just part of it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not just sections of it in the Old Testament, but every single purpose, all yeah. my purpose. Um, Psalm 33, verse 11, the counsel of the Lord stands forever, right? The plans mm. of his heart to all generations. Mm. Again, the clarity on this issue is, I mean, it's almost staggering. Yeah, it, it is straightforward. Uh, uh, Proverbs 19 uh, verse 21, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. It is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. It is the plan. It is the decree. It is the uh, the 
activity of the Lord which will stand. And I was just reading today in, a, in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, yeah, look bonus at material, so, not even on the God. Just reading today, yeah. so godly. So Ecclesiastes godly. chapter 3 verse 14 says, I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it. Like this is who God is. Um, it's it's we mentioned it's from eternity, but it, what He does endures. It's it, it's efficacious. It will persist. It will last. It will come to pass because nothing can thwart His purpose. Nothing can stop God from accomplishing that which He set out to accomplish. Yeah, Revelation one verse eleven, uh, referring to, to Jesus Christ. Own, huh? Well, now I just yeah. <laughs> I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, mm-hmm. right? I mean, God is he, he, he's sovereign from eternity past to eternity future. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, so what, what other components yeah, do we have I here? I think that transitions us nicely into the next one, right? That the decree of God is immutable. It does not change. Okay. Um, we've already kind of touched on this a little bit, that God does not change his mind. You mentioned Psalm thirty-three, eleven: The counsel of the Lord stands forever and the plans of his heart to all generations. Right. We've talked before about Numbers 23, uh, verse 19. We've referenced uh-huh. this before, the immutability of God, that God is not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? Right. Those are rhetorical, yeah, rhetorical. obvious no's, like to say, hey, God, if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it, right? If he says that he's going to... Uh, if he makes a promise, he will fulfill it. It's impossible for him to change his mind. It's impossible for him to uh, to not fulfill or to not accomplish that which he has set out to accomplish. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let, let me let me ask you a question. Moving into uh, another de- component of God's divine decrees, is there any external or outside force that makes God be under compulsion? Right. Is there any influence, right? Is there any peer pressure, right. you know, <laughs> right. weighing down on God that, that that affects his decrees? Absolutely not. Okay, yeah. yeah. We, we, Can't Yeah, there's nothing outside of God. So so this is a free act of God, right? Like we'll we'll come back and discuss this this uh hot topic of free will. <laughs> right. Well, let's talk about the free will of God. Yeah. God is free to do this and there's nothing that compelled him to work in this way. We've already uh, mentioned Psalm 135, uh, verse 6. The Lord does whatever pleases him in the heavens, on the earth, in the seas, all their depths. Whatever God wants to do, he does. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Right. This is God's free, um, good pleasure in play here. He, he, he's not. He, it's almost hard to grasp that. Uh, we can understand it to some degree, but he's not bound. Right. God... God freely acts in accordance with his nature 100% right and accurately every time. Mm-hmm. He's not bound. He's not tied down. He's not shackled. He's not chained. He is free to do, just like you quoted from the Psalms, as he pleases. Yeah. And, and we have we have to have that view of God in our mind and in our heart. God is the sovereign. God is ruling. God is reigning. Um, and this is all part of his nature, his divine decree. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just, he's not, he's not bound. Right. 
He's not, we, we, we have to hold to that. Yeah. Um, okay, let me ask you this question to lead us into the, the next uh, point of discussion about this divine decree. What? How does God come up with this? Okay? Like, he's got this this grandiose design, and he's got all these intricate details and this massive web that he's weaving. How, where did he come up with this idea? Like, what, what kind of decree is this? Yeah, well, who did he consult? Hmm. Who gave him wisdom? Who was his counselor? Gosh. Who was his teacher? Um, I can't think of anybody that taught God. Right. Um, yeah, we see Paul... Uh, making note of that at the end of Romans chapter 11, mm-hmm. um, Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verses 13 and 14. Whom did he consult Gosh, and who verse. made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him not? I mean, who taught God knowledge? Mm. Who who clued or keyed God in? <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, who wrote the book that God read? Yeah. You know, when he was when he was going through the manual of how to create the world. Right, like, uh, is that not uh, God's argument to Job for like four straight chapters yeah. of him just reaming Job because yeah. Job has <laughs> Job has a great word a complete a complete misunderstanding of woe is me and and he's just crying out to God and understandably so, but God pours out this. He he tells Job, gird up your loins because I'm about to bring the thunder. And he dumps out on him this this cry for four chapters that basically says, were you there, Job? Were you there when I created? Were you there when I put this plan in motion? Were you there? Did you help me put this together? Did I did I mess up somewhere along the way? Like that's his argument, and we see that. I mean, you've mentioned Isaiah forty, uh, Romans eleven, Proverbs three, uh, verse nineteen. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, and by understanding he established the heavens. This is God's determination, um, and it's based on His supreme knowledge, understanding His wisdom. Yeah, the Book of Jude, verse twenty five. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, mm. right? Gosh. God, God alone. Uh, God, God's the only one that could come up with this plan, right? Right. I mean, I, right. I could spend all the days of my life, right, trying to come up with a a, a plan, right, a, a divine plan. Yeah, I'm not coming up with anything, right? Of course, remotely close to this. Mm-mm. Okay, here's where I want to go next because. So far, I would imagine almost everybody who would call themselves a believer and who has been tuned in at this point in the podcast, almost everybody's going to say, yeah, I'm with you. Like, there's nothing that you've said that I would disagree with, although I maybe wouldn't have said some of the things you did um, the way you said them. But yeah, of course, everything that God does is from eternity because that's in the scriptures. Of course, it's going to come to pass. Of course, it's immutable. It can't be changed based on God's freedom, his wisdom. But how about this next one? Here's what I want to ask you. How much of what happens is included in that divine decree? Is Every, it, everything. Oh, I knew it you were going to say that. Comprehensive coverage. Okay. Right? Like, <laughs> okay, comprehensive. Yeah. Full-blown, full right? Yeah, it's comprehensive, all-inclusive. There, there isn't anything that, that is outside of... Um, God's sovereignty or God's control. You know, nothing slips through the cracks, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't miss anything. Um, 
It's it's completely comprehensive. Right. right. Okay. So we mentioned Ephesians one, right? All things that whatever sure. comes to pass, all things according to the counsel of His will, from Ephesians one verse eleven. Um, all these things. Um, okay. I guess I'm struggling with this though, as I'm trying to think out loud with you. If I'm thinking about this, all right, yeah, of course God is going to decree that all these good things that men do, all the good in the world, that of course that would come from God. Okay. Um, what what ver- what's kind of the classic verse about good works that um, that God decrees? Yeah, Ephesians two ten. Yeah, there talks it is. about believers walking in good works that God has prepared beforehand. Gosh, there it is. We didn't make it up. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. No twisting of the text there. Right. All good works that Christians do, all good works that believers do, although they are willingly putting in the effort, Mm -hmm. they have all been prepared beforehand by God. This is the divine decree. Right. Right? Okay, I'm on board with that. Okay. okay. Let me me throw it back to you. (laughs) Because, Because that... Uh, that that really isn't difficult to grasp, right? Right. Um, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So it makes sense, you know, that I have been redeemed and I'm walking in good works, and God is yep. orchestrating those things. That that that, that just yeah. Fit. I don't have to wrestle with that. That fits. I don't really have to wrestle with it, right? Um, but th- th- this is the aspect of God's divine decrees where the wrestling begins, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where the sweat begins to drip from the brow, right? right? This is what are you about to say? What are you about to say? How do we deal with God's divine decrees and the wickedness of man? Yeah, or sin mm-hmm. or bad things, right? Yeah, um, man. This so you've is you've got sixty seconds to sure. Yeah, no, no problem. No, no, no. Uh, okay, this is a really important question, and I think it goes all the way back to the garden. Um, I, when I teach, um, when I teach on missions, I, I serve as a missions pastor currently. And when I teach on the idea of missions, and I talk about the um, rebellion that the world is in, you have to go back to the Garden of Eden. And I say, um, I, I constantly try to bring this up to to our people to think we sometimes. And, and I was so bad about this. I used to have this image, this picture of God as like a mother. Right, who's got her children in the living room, and everybody's having a good time, you know, and everything's great and peachy, kind of like a like a TV sitcom, right? <laughs> and then God like goes in the kitchen, you know, the mom goes in the kitchen to check on dinner, and comes back, and like the lamp is broken, and she's like, "What have you done?" Like it's almost like we picture God as like Adam and Eve are in this gar- or in the garden, and it's it's great, and God turns his head for like two seconds, his anthropomorphic head, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right, he just he just turns his head, um, as we would say it, and and um, and suddenly Adam has sinned, and we go, oh no, what is God gonna do? And so this puts like this picture. God's lost it. He's yes. lost control. He yes, completely lost control. He's in scramble mode. How am I gonna fix this? And what we what we do when we when we even subconsciously think this way is we take God off His throne and we put Adam there. And we put humanity to say, humanity called the shots, and now God is reacting. He's on his heels. He's going to fix it, right? But but he didn't want this to happen. Now, the problem with that is it it distorts who God is, but it, that goes contrary to Scripture. Right. Um, think about the most wicked act that has ever occurred on this earth. 
Well, that would be the killing of the Lord Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, killing the God. The only sinless one exactly. to have ever walked the earth. The most heinous violation of God's law occurs when the sinless one is crucified and nailed to a cross. Right. Well, what, is, what does Peter say? In Acts chapter two, he's preaching, right? <laughs> he's 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 building up at Pentecost, and he says, in Acts chapter two, verse twenty-three, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, the definite plan, the predetermined plan, the boule in in the Greek. This is the plan of God, based on His perfect knowledge, that. You crucified, he's preaching to the Jews, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. So if this was predetermined and the plan of God, how could that be? Well, it's because God actually um, willed and decreed and determined that there be these wicked acts. Yeah. Now, this is hard. This okay. is a hard truth. It is. Okay, let's go to Acts chapter 4. Okay. Okay, two chapters later. Now, I'm going to read verses 27 and 28. Okay. But then we, we need to make some comments, obviously, yeah, on yeah. this. Okay? okay. So essentially the same thing in Acts 2.23 that TJ just read is repeated in Acts 4.27-28. Mm-hmm. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. And so what you're going to see here is a list of people involved in the crucifixion and death of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. Okay, so you've got all of these people gathered together. Right. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Yeah, the mob, the scene, the the stage, right? It's all set, all these villains in, yeah. the, in the scene. So at first glance, it may seem God, God's lost it. Mm-hmm. He, God has lost control. Yeah, he, this, the perfect son of God has come to this earth to fix things. And creation has turned yeah. on him again. This can't, this can't be it. Right. But verse 28 goes on to say that all of these people gathered together, verse 28, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Hmm. Okay? So Acts 2, Acts 4 couldn't be more clear, right, on this issue of God divinely decreeing the death of his own son. Right. Now, we mentioned a misconception earlier. God did not look into the future and see that Pilate and Herod and the Gentiles and the nation of Israel put Jesus up on a cross and then make the divine decree. Right. No, 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 right. no, no. Right. <laughs> right. God decreed for that to happen, and then he brought it to pass, mm-hmm. even in the midst of... And again, this is where the sweat starts pouring on. Even in the midst of the sinful actions and behavior of people that were completely antagonistic towards God, Christ, and his plan. That's exactly right. And that is from the scriptures. This is what the scriptures say, that God's plan was for Jesus to die on the cross. Well, hold on a second. I thought God's plan was for us to live in the Garden of Eden eternally and blissfully and without sin. Well... No, God actually predetermined before the foundation of the world he was going to save sinners. Well, how could he have chosen and predestined sinners to be saved if he did not uh, desire that they be lost? 
Like there has to be lostness for there to be sa- right. uh, saving, and there has to be a need for a savior. And so when we say that God desired to save and God desired to send Christ, he desired that this might happen because this has been predetermined. Um, God is not reacting. He's not um, on his heels. The cross was not a backup plan. Right. This it, it was not plan, plan B. B, right? Like this was God's purpose. Uh, Proverbs sixteen four: The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. All the evil acts in the world, God is in control of them. Now, we'll we'll yeah, go ahead. What well, would no, you comment I was on say, that? Do we want to highlight, although God is over wickedness of men? Okay, although God is allowing lawless men to crucify Jesus, is God? being sinful in these divine decrees. Is yeah. that where, where you yeah. were? Yeah, I think we have to go there okay. next. And we'll we'll come back to some of the other um, kind of the final attributes related yeah. to um, the comprehensive nature of his okay. uh, of his decree. Yeah, that's good. But listen to the Second London Confession. I read the beginning. From all eternity, God decreed everything that occurs without reference to anything outside himself. He did this by the perfectly wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably. Yet God did this in such a way that he is neither the author of sin, nor has fellowship with any in their sin. This decree does not violate the will of the creature or take away the free working or contingency of secondary causes, on the contrary, these are established by God's decree. In this decree, God's wisdom is displayed in directing all things, and in his power and faithfulness are demonstrated in accomplishing his decree. So there's that line there that he is neither the author of sin nor has fellowship with any in their sin. Yeah, we have we have to highlight that. Okay. Yeah. We don't want we don't want that to be mixed and mingled with the character of God as if God is um, somehow allowing his nature uh, to be affected by sin or orchestrating sin or approving of sin or anything in relation to sin. We're, we're saying that God is allowing it. Yes. He's overseeing it, um, but that he is not the author of it. Yes, that's exactly we right. We have to make that distinction. He if God's is, the author of sin, right. man, we, we've got huge problems well, with this character. Scripture, scripture is explicit on this. James 1.13, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God, because God cannot be tempted with evil. He himself tempts no one. He is not associated with evil. First uh, John 1.5, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Like, there is no evil. There is no sin. There is no wickedness. God is holy. He's set apart. He is without sin. Um, we would all agree with that. Um, but God is permissive in the way that he allows sin to occur. He's permitting it. He's allowing it to happen. Right. Um, Another way to say it is that God renders it certain, but not necessary that sin occur. Like sin is going to happen, but you're not compelled to sin. Right. This is a divine mystery. This is something that is beyond the the natural scope of it. We have to look at what the scripture says to get this. Yeah, go on. Yeah, well, uh, MacArthur has said, and I can't remember the name of the sermon. Now uh, you can find it on YouTube. Maybe why does God allow evil, or why does God uh, yes, allow? I've, I've listened you know what to I'm this. Talking? Mm-hmm. You know, God's not trying to get off the hook. Mm-hmm. I think it, it is what He says. Yeah, here. we don't have to. We don't have to get God off. Yeah, the hook, you know, right? we don't have to just. Let, we'll let God be God. Right. Right. He's not the author of sin, but He has allowed it. And I think that 
the, the scripture really doesn't go further than that. Right. Now, here's what we would say. Man loves sin. Okay. Right? Yep. We we want to sin. And what does Romans 1 say? God gives them over to it. So this is God allowing man in their wickedness to do what they want to do in their sin. Now, we I, I we don't have time to get into all the God at sometimes God stops sin. Sure. He 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 prevents sin. Uh, other times he takes his hands off and says, "You can sin all you want, and I'm going to allow you to do that." Um, other he's, times he, he's just for allowing that. Absolutely. Um, but <laughs> so that it's hard to swallow to think, "Oh man, God is really." Um, decreeing that some of this wicked, I mean, all the wicked stuff that happens in this world, you're saying God's, God desired that to happen? What's the alternative? The alternative says, have you ever thought about the alternative? The alternative says, God doesn't want that to happen, but he's powerless to stop it? Right. Or, that that's awful, but that's just the way it is. Like, God has a purpose. Well, Joseph... Right, Old Testament is a classic story. I mean, it seems like every other day, <laughs> you know, something horrendous was happening to him. But the ultimate purpose that those things were serving for God is what the people meant for evil. God meant for good. Yeah, Genesis and, fifty twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it was through the life of Joseph that actually brought the people to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, and then that's where we have uh, the the Exodus story birthed out of, right? You know, piggybacking off of all of the horrendous things that happened to Joseph, what God meant for good and His ultimate plan uh, to get that nation there. Yeah. So, just real quick on top of that, because you got me real excited thinking about this. <laughs> Four hundred years of captivity, Israel's is in captivity under Egypt, and. God is going to, in the most miraculous and historic manner, free his people and lead them out of captivity as a way to depict a future coming new exodus led by Jesus, where he's going to remove uh, his people, his chosen new Israel, out of the bondage of sin. All of that is set up by the actions of the wicked um, hateful 11 jealous brothers of Joseph who send him into slavery. So one man who's being abused and mistreated and who gets accused of rape and who gets thrown into prison and who gets forgotten about, all of that stuff points to the gospel that's to come, and God intends to use that wickedness, that evil, that sin, although he's not responsible for it. He moves the story forward by using that sin. Yeah, at first glance, it's like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. But as the entire story unfolds, Genesis to Revelation, you see God is behind all of it. Right. Right. And if he's like you said, that's that's so comforting because if he's not, then that sin has no purpose. That sin has no God can't use that for anything good. God has that you suffer needlessly. You suffer because God doesn't care. You suffer because God is not powerful to stop it. No, 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 no. We say, because of God's sovereign decree, your suffering, your misery, the sin, uh, the wickedness, the evil, the hurt, all of the things that happen in this world, God has a a, a, a purpose. Yeah, the he personal, has something yeah, for Yeah, the it. personal application, the takeaway from this, Gosh. again, 
whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever suffering, whatever hardship, mm-hmm. whatever difficulty. I mean, you can go down to the bullet points, yeah. bullet point list, all right. the synonyms you can come up with here. Right. That if you are in Christ, that 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 is being used uh, for a specific purpose, right? Um, for God mainly, but also f- for your good. Yes. Uh, having, understanding God's divine decrees and Him overseeing all things is one of the most comforting doctrines for the Christian. Yes, that's the right word. There's, There's nothing that can happen to me outside the scope of God and and His, his tender care. Right, because nothing that happens, no wickedness that occurs, can I ever say... God didn't know that was coming, or God is not going to use that. Like, I am at peace with understanding that this is God's intention. This is God's design. This is God's plan. So we've talked about the comprehensive nature, and we we talked about the wickedness of man and how God is permissive in regards to sin, um, but that sin still has a purpose, that God has decreed that sin would occur. And by the way, nobody can really solve that issue. We don't need to solve that issue. No. That's all we need to know is that God desired in some capacity that his uh, creation would sin so that the predetermined plan of God, whereby Jesus would be offered on the cross so that that could come to fruition, right? That's what, that is God's right. plan. It's come to pass. Um, to kind of try to wrap this up, because we've, we've been talking about it. there's so much more we could say. Um but what else is included in this comprehensive um, nature of the divine decree? What else is included? We've talked about the um, everything that happens. We've talked about the wicked actions, the good actions of men. What else is included in this? Well, I mean, we could throw in there how long you and I will live, mm-hmm. uh, the duration of man's life. Uh, Job 14, uh, verse 5 says about man since his days are determined and the number of his months is with you and you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass since his days are determined yeah right yeah psalm 39 4 oh, oh lord make me know my end and what is the measure of my days let me know how fleeting i am right like god knows yeah. there's a set number of our days because god is in control of the duration of our lives. Yeah, he's and he's also in control of um, time periods, where I will be, where I will live. Acts chapter 17, verse 26 says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries mm-hmm. of their dwelling place. God's in control he, of that. He is. Because it's been decreed. It's been determined. Um, yeah, I've thought about that a ton before. Why did I grow up where I did, with which parents I did, when I did? Sure. All of those things were, I mean, I didn't choose that. I mean, yeah, you could look at the um, all of the events that have led up to even recording th- th- this podcast, right? Yeah. God, God is in control of I, appointing those things. That's right. And I bringing did, them to pass. I did not foresee that this would happen and construct and organize my life in this way god determined that this might happen um long ago and placed us where he did in order for this to sure show up um other other things let me ask this question just because it's related what about like random events 
Like, is God in control of, like, if I roll the dice, is God in control of that? Oh, he absolutely is. Proverbs 16, verse 33, the lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. Yeah, Acts chapter 1, when they are replacing, the apostles are replacing Mm -hmm. Judas, right? Um, They cast lots. It lands on Matthias. He's added uh, to the group. That wasn't coincidence. Yeah, right. It wasn't chance. You know. I mean, Jonah. Um, Jonah, right? Like whenever um, all the all the men are on the ship and there's all this craziness with the storm and they cast lots and the lots fell to Jonah. And yeah. They're like, oh, that's the guy. Yeah. Like, well, of course that wasn't random. Sure. God controlled that. Absolutely. Um, and of course, we also know that this randomness is part of that is God controls means, right? right. Like He has established that there be gravity, that there be laws, and we yeah. talked about those previously. Absolutely. Uh, but God, so God is in control of everything. Is there anything that is not included in this divine decree about what, uh, of things of which occur? Is there anything which is not wrapped up in that divine decree? I, I can't think of anything. Can no. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's I comprehensive, got, yeah, right? Yeah. In, in my head, I'm, okay. you know, trying to shuffle through yeah. any possible situation or scenario, but there just isn't, there just isn't one. Right. The scripture doesn't speak of one. That's right. So I don't want to open up a can of worms here, you know, 55 minutes into a podcast. So let's wrap this up. Um, but this will be a segue. We will come back and talk about the issues of the destination of men. We will talk about salvation. All of those things are wrapped up in God's eternal decree. Right. Um, those things are included. Um, we could talk about some of the objections, um, and, and we'll deal with those as we come to them. Yeah, that's why you have to keep listening. That's right. Yeah, just a little teaser. Episode. Just a little teaser. But this is a foundational component of reform theology. We've talked about that this is from a reform perspective, but this is highlighting God's sovereignty and his activity. So when we jump into the initiative, um, we jump into our takeaway, the informants initiative for today. Um, Lance, what, what do you take away? Um, what, what is the most applicable down to earth, helpful thought that you can give us um, thinking about God's divine decrees? Well, I mean, there's a lot, uh, you know, trying to wrap it up here in, you know, a short amount of time for the initiative is somewhat difficult. But Mm -hmm. I I was thinking of 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever Mm -hmm. and ever, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the God that we serve and worship. This is the God um, that we trust. This is the God that we have confidence in. I can't make it through this life without him. And if I truly believe that his word teaches that he has decreed all things and everything that he has decreed will come to pla- come to pass, I-, I have to believe and be confident that I am part of that, mm. right? I-, I-, I am caught up in the middle of that uh, by the redemption found in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right, so good. it kind of wraps right back around to the gospel message. That's right. um, but 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 I'm thankful that God is in control; that nothing is outside of His control. Yeah, gosh, that's so good. Um, and just to to echo that, to say it a different way, I, I think about uh, my my takeaway when I think about God's divine decree. Um, the first thing I think about is is the trajectory of history. So history is not. Um, just move forward 
by this random collection of acts or um, like you, you talk about, oh, the world changed forever that day. And you think, oh, what would have happened if this had gone differently? If, if the South had won the war or whatever, or the North had won or whatever. Right. You know, you had all these different uh, events in history that changed the trajectory of major um, events. None of that stuff is determined by blind fate or impersonal atoms and molecules or or even humanity itself, but rather history is guided and moved forward by the sovereign God who has decreed all that should come to pass. And so that decree allows me to rest with absolute certainty that everything that happens is according to the purpose that God has determined and that he is in perfect control of his creation. And so when I consider all of those uh, realities and I put all those things together, that's what gives me the peace and the comfort to lay my head down on my pillow at night yeah. and know God's in control. This I, is not a surprise to him. Nothing no, is. I don't, I, don't, I don't get tired of talking about this, yeah. and I definitely don't get tired of hearing other people talk about it as well. That was super encouraging, yeah. man. I'm so fired up right now. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> how do you not get excited thinking yeah. about the sovereignty and the intentionality and the purpose and the beauty and the glory of God and His divinely instituted purpose and decree? This is how God has chosen to enact in His creation. And there's nothing else I can say about it, right? Yeah. Just we submit to what Scripture teaches. We trust that God is indeed the one who is enacting and moving forward His His historical and, and creative purposes, and, and we rest in that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, glory to God again, man. Yeah. It just Amen. takes us right back to Him. Amen. That's all that can be said. Uh, if you're not doing so already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and to our YouTube channel. Make sure you like us on Facebook at Reformed Informants. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at R underscore Informants. And as always, you can uh, find links to all of our social media platforms, previous episodes. All of that can be found at our website at www.themajestiesmen.com slash Reformed Informants. Yeah, I think it may be helpful if we put our episode guide or episode outline in the notes for this one yeah, because we, there were dozens of references yeah. i felt like if you're driving cover. around it'd be hard to keep up with all that <laughs> stuff so yeah we'll make that available in uh the notes there and they should be able to find that on the website right yeah they'll be able, yeah they should be able to find that on the website we'll get that uploaded for you guys and again if you have any comments questions or su- concerns or suggestions for topics of discussion reach out to us at reforminformants at gmail.com mm-hmm.